You know what it is. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined by Coach Natty T, Coach Murph, and Coach Pace. A lot of stuff happened this week. So we have a lot to talk about. We're going to try to touch on a little bit of everything. Uh, So Coach Natty T is going to get us started with a little 90 and 90 because PSG had a big game this week. Go ahead and break it down for us, Coach Natty T. Yeah, a big game and a big loss. (laughs) I came on here two weeks ago and I actually gave them credit for once because they played. It was the best game that I've seen them play all season, but of course, they went right back to who they truly are, being punks, being cowards. Mm-hmm. So when they actually drew Real Madrid, I came on the show. I said it was in December. I said, they're not going to go past this round. And sure enough, it didn't happen. So number one, I do got to give Killian and Mbappe a lot of credit. I was hard on him earlier in the season. He's definitely top two player in the world right now. And he should just go ahead and leave and go on Real Madrid. He should just shut it down. I, I wouldn't be mad if he shut it down the rest of the season and then just sign with them in the offseason because he scored both of the goals for PSG in both games. Both of them were phenomenal goals. He was working his butt off. I saw him come back and defend. I didn't see any complaining from him. So kudos to him. Now let me get to the other two idiots. <laughs> First idiot, Neymar. I'm going to try and compose myself, but I really cannot stand him. Gives a great assist to Mbappe, and then he goes right back to what he was doing before, dribbling too much, standing around, complaining, flopping around. But that's just who he is as a person. So that's why I didn't really give a damn about that stupid documentary that he has that's supposed to make people think of him better. I don't give a damn about documentary. How about you get your ass back on defense? (laughs) And then last but not least, Lionel Messi. So he's definitely not in my top five all players to all-time players anymore. He's he's dropped. Because this whole PSG experience has told me that he's a punk and that he's soft. Because he was one of the main ones walking around, not helping out, not doing what he's supposed to do. So Congratulations to Real Madrid because they deserve it. But, you know, it's disappointing, but I already knew it was going to happen. So it is what it is. I still got my PSG shirt on because that is my team, but I have to keep it 100. So that's what I got. That's the most composed thing I could do it because Coach JP3, I was going off. Hey, Coach JP3 was going off. <laughs> text message that he was saying <laughs> he's like, I need to get it all out now so I can be cool on the show <laughs> yeah you get it all out now yeah because we have to change the show to explicit but, no. but it's just again just and again to wrap it up not to get too technical on formations and things like that but PSG plays a 4-3-3 meaning you have four defenders that play primarily defense three midfielders that operate in the middle of the field and three forwards that operate on the offset, offensive side of the field. Now, it's a good formation for being offensive, but it's predicated on the fact that those three up top have to help defend because it's, a, it's just a math problem at that point. Because if you're only defending with seven and the other team knows that those three are going to stay up top, up top, they can push people into the offense. And now 
the fact you're only defending with seven, you're trying to defend eight or nine guys attacking, and it leaves gaps open. And that's exactly what happened. That's the most simple way I can explain it. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. So when you have two of the three, the two idiots, as I call them, just wanting to stand around and be divas and act like they're too cool for school, you're going to get shredded. That's what happens, period. So I know people think I was being harsh at the beginning of the season, but that's the most simple way I can put it. You, you also compared them to the Brooklyn Nets. I did, because it's, it's a lot of talent, but no leadership. And then they're only mo- motivated sometimes. Like the first game against Real Madrid, because they were hearing all the talk, people like me, people in the French media, people in, in European soccer media just getting on them. Right. So they came out motivated. But then they won, and then now, oh, yeah, now we're too cool for school again. And they went right back to the same old stuff. So it's just typical. But I'm kind of glad because they put me out of my misery. So I was like, I just get, I was getting sick and tired of watching them. <laughs> so that's my 90 and 90 this week. There it is. There it is. Yep. 90 and 90 update. So, you know, that PSG needs a lot of help. You know who else needs a lot of help? You know, we got our... Our, our bet expert on the show, Coach Murph, you know, did, did a lot of that, did that segment during the NFL season. Well, come to find out someone else was betting during the NFL season um, and didn't come out quite good for, for him. Maybe he should tune into the show uh, a little bit more, get, get, your, get some uh, betting advice. So, uh, Coach Murph, <laughs> go ahead and talk to us about Calvin Ridley real quick. <laughs> He's goofy. <laughs> that's literally sums it all up you you pass up on 11 million because you want to claim mental health it could be true but you spend your spare time betting and they only found one bet uh, to my knowledge and of course they're going to investigate more but like it what i don't understand about like this you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as like he was bored and just was just like, you know what, I'm about to go do this to make some extra money, which is stupid because I'm like, you could go and play one game and make more than you betting 1.5K. I don't care. Unless if he was going to do like some, you know, eight to 15 leg parlay. But <laughs> there's that. But then there's also the thing of, is this a gambling issue? Like, do you have a gambling problem? So uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the news about that. One thing that I've been looking, like, everywhere for is, did did he actually win his parlay? Because, like, in my mind, <laughs> like, if you won it, cool, it's kind of like throwing a, a, cup of, a cup of water on a forest fire. Like, hey, you lost 11 million, but here's, you know, what you probably made, like, depending on the parlay, like we'll say like 10 grand. But if you lost, I mean, you just, I'm just going to dock you every single penny that you lost. So in my mind, you let, you lost 11 million plus $1.5,000. So, you know, there's this connection between me and him and betting. Another thing that I'm happy about is that Philly was looking at trading for him. I'm glad that didn't go down, even though we'd have got rid of Rager. Like, I believe it was like Rager in a pick for him, like one of our first round picks. Um, but they're like one in the same. Rager doesn't show up. Calvin really doesn't want to show up to work. 
So I didn't really care. Uh, moving forward, though, for the Falcons, they got the eighth pick in the draft. They should consider trading back for more picks because the receivers run deep this year. And y'all don't have any <laughs> receivers outside of Cordero. Like, you have no number one because even Calvin Ridley, to me, he's not a number one receiver. And this would have been his first year to prove it, but he didn't show up. So I'm curious on, you know, what's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if really misses two years instead of one because of the severity of it. Like, that's literally one of their top, you know, like, do not do as an athlete is betting. Because you get paid. Like, that's part of your contract. The betting money through the NFL, that's what boosts the, the salary cap to compensate you for that. So... That's all I got to say about it. It's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all in agreement on that. And the fact that you put on social media, it was like, oh, y'all tripping. It was only a year, LOL. I'm like, you should not be making light of this situation, bro. Like, you look horrible right now. And the fact that he doesn't have enough self-awareness to realize that is alarming. Yeah. Because, like, and on top of that is you're you're saying that. So you, you mentioned that, like, oh, it's only a year. Well, you want to get out of Atlanta. That's going to make it hard for them to trade you. And if you get released, they're going to be like, all right, how committed is he? Because, like, how much am I really willing to pay you? Because we don't even know if you're a game changer for real. Because your big seasons came off the back of Julio. And when you had a chance, like, so you're going to come in and you're going to be like, hey, look at my stats. I'm like, okay, well, that was one, two years ago. And two, like, do we pay you as a number two? Do we pay you as a slot? Like, what what are we doing with you? So I wouldn't be shocked if he never returns to the league. Uh, Like, I didn't even know about that statement. So, like, with that, and especially if they find more stuff, like, no, who will really want to take a risk on him? Maybe Jerry Jones because he likes attention. But... Real quick, if they kick him out the league for betting, but they let all these woman beaters back in the league. No, no like, no, uh, they woman beaters in here, but we get mad at the dude that bet 1500. Like, bro, get over it. It's so, like, I get it. It was bad. Get over it. Y'all got woman beaters in the league. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, there is that scenario, but you have to factor in that. A lot of those players that they do give those chance those chances they produced. We don't know about Calvin Ripley outside of his time with Julio Jones. So, and then, I mean, to me, they're the receipt at the receiver position. A lot of these teams already have number like solidified number one, number two, outside of you know, probably like three, four, maybe five teams, and. It's just like, okay, are we really willing to bring him in or are we willing to just, you know, grab somebody from the draft or trade for somebody's number three that is a potential number two? So, and it's two years. You're not playing – well, there's a year, but it's a possibility that it will be more years. So, that also plays a role. Yeah, that's, so crazy. that's crazy. Function tolerance. Yeah. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. I'm with you though, Coach Pace. Like that's that's gonna look really bad on the NFL if if he can't play at that time and they never let him back. 
And then so you're you're privileging betting over domestic violence and the safety of people's like bodies and mental health. Okay. They're privileging yeah, the NBA. They're privileging production. Cause I'm not gonna just give you a job just because like, okay, well, he just gambled. Like, I mean, is he really gonna be a game changer for a team no matter where he goes? We don't know. I wouldn't say game changer, but like he produces. Regardless of if we want to look at who he was with, what he was with, he produced. Granted, he doesn't even need to be a number one. I mean, Michael Gallup is coming off a torn ACL. He might end up in Dallas. You never know as a number two. Like it, it's not out of the ordinary. And if we're being honest, now with the way things is going, it's three receivers, if we're being honest, with a running back. So and a tight end. So they, I mean, I don't know, give or take. You know. He's also under contract, so he would have to be traded. So they're like, okay, are we willing to give up this stuff for him? Because, like, for me, if I'm Philly, no, we don't need you. Plus, there's word that they're going to pick up somebody in the draft anyways. It's looking like it's going to be Chris Olave, but we'll see. Uh, but they're also looking on the market to trade for receivers um, to make a big splash. So, like, now that you took yourself out for a year, that just gives every team another another year to find a, you know, a competent receiver to run at number two or slot number three doesn't, doesn't matter. So, it, it all depends on the landscape of the receiver position when he's able to return. Damn, that's crazy. That's, the NFL drama postseason has been absolutely ridiculous. We've had a lot of movement. We have a quarterback carousel, if you will, of things going on. You know, uh, Russell Wilson to the, to the Broncos. Aaron Rodgers stays put in Green Bay. Um, you know, you just got, like, you know, the whole Kyler Murray situation. So he's, you know, trying to get – Get that, get that check, you know, from 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 the Cardinals. You know, it's it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. So, Coach Pace, won't you get us started on, on a, a few of these things? Um, on your feelings about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, um, Deshaun Watson uh, re-entering the league. Where would you like to see him uh, kick us off with that? Um, so I'm gonna start with Russ, and then we'll work our way down. I think uh, the trade for Russ was genius. The only thing I have a problem with is that they had to give up Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably pretty much it. But that was probably the game changer between having Russ, who's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, really he's only had one win- losing season, which was last season, um, and, you know, not getting Russ and being stuck through locks. I'm not mad at it. And then they still got enough cap room. I think it was like 20 to $25 million where they could sign like a Von Miller or somebody like that. Um, and put him on the other side with Chubb, and then they got their defense back. Or they could sign Bobby Wagner. I don't know. But, you know, that's still – they still have some wiggle room, draft picks, all that fun stuff. Well, actually, they don't really have – they just gave up all their draft picks. Never mind. But, hey, everybody want to be like my team, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> anyway, um, then you got Carson Wentz, man. Carson Wentz. I'm indifferent. I don't really care. I mean – it sounds good. Like, I I mean, they got an upgraded quarterback over in Washington. So, hey, more power to you. Upgrade. We'll see. That, that's, yeah, that's air quote. We, we don't like Carson Wentz, but they didn't really have a quarterback over in Washington. Yeah, but I'm thinking you was running. Taylor Heineke went toe-to-toe with Brady in a playoff game. Carson Wentz hasn't played a playoff game. 
Hey, don't do hey. No, I had to deal with Carson Wentz. I I know that's why you argue. You really over here like come on, man. Okay, look, it's as simple as this. You you go to Philly, you you know, you go on this amazing run, this MVP type season, right? You get injured, Foles takes the helm and he finishes it for you. So now you're looking at okay, was it Carson Wentz or was the team just stacked? You move Carson Wentz to a stacked team that Phillip Rivers took to the playoffs, and you couldn't win your last two games with your last game being against Jacksonville? Listen, it's not, like I said, it's Carson Wentz. I don't expect much. He's going to do what Carson Wentz does, but they didn't really have anything over at Washington, so they got to upgrade. Like It's like Jimmy G. Like I put Carson Wentz and Jimmy G in the same boat. I would say an upgrade. I would say a lateral move. You telling me Taylor Taylor Heineke and Jimmy G and Taylor Heineke has, has a higher potential, but you also have to factor in it's not you're just not giving up on Taylor Heineke. You're also factoring in the picks you gave up to get Carson Wentz. Also, the contract you picked up for him because you have to pay that. I believe it's twenty eight million dollar contract, which he's clearly not worth. So. No, it's, it's going to be a lateral move because you're still going to be the worst team in the NFC East. Well, you'll battle for it with the Giants, but... They'll beat the Giants, I think. I think they'll beat the Giants. I, I think they'll split, and then they'll lose to Philly and Dallas twice. I need to see how they come out as a team because we might get the team that went toe-to-toe with Brady, but we also might get the team that West the bid. So I don't know which Washington commander team is going to show up. No, you don't know what Carson Wentz is going to show up. I don't know what defense is going to show up. They were terrible last year. And they got rid of uh, Landon Collins. I think they're going to release him. Yeah, he, he's, he's testing free agency. So also, so if the defense is worse and then you get a quarterback that he couldn't perform with a good defense – it's a lateral move. It's not like okay, him versus Taylor Heineke. Yes, it's an upgrade, but as a team, like he doesn't change it because he's not a leader. He's not a leader, and he's hit or miss in games. Very a huge hit or miss. So like he there, it's a lateral move nonetheless because you're you're giving up what you gave up a I think a second and a third rounder for him. So it's a second, third, and Taylor Heineke for a Carson Wentz. And you didn't get rid of Taylor Heineke. You're just basically just excluding him. You're removing him from the starting lineup. So no, it's a, it's a lateral move. Um, All right, they got the upgrade. I don't, me and DeMar, we disagree, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. I don't really care. It, it is what it is. All right, then uh, the really interesting thing now that everything has settled down is where Jimmy G is gonna go. Um, because he and they're talking about Kirk Cousins as well. So I'm really interested to see those two. And from what I'm hearing, well, I don't, I'm not even going to act like I got insider trading. But since Brian, Brian Flores is over in uh, Pittsburgh now, you know, there's still that connection to where they the Steelers can make some shake. So I'm hoping, um, you know, Deshaun Watson can slide out of there I don't know that Steelers might have to give up three first rounders. Listen, if you need to give up three, four, six, do it. Guess what? It doesn't really matter because Deshaun Watson is going to be there for 10 years. So you do what you need to do to 
get where you need to get. Okay? Please, please. How do. I look please you know what I'm saying? Sure up that line. Actually, you really don't need a line. You just need somebody to be there to stay there for like three seconds. And then he'll throw the ball. But, you know, I would like to see Deshaun Watson go somewhere in there. Now, with all these quarterbacks, man, the AFC, specifically the AFC West, is very, very interesting this year. I'm going to be honest with y'all. And this might be unpopular opinion. We need to stop crowning Justin Herbert is like the second coming of Dan Marino because Justin Herbert has done absolutely nothing, okay? Absolutely nothing. Y'all could say the last game, well, the coach called a timeout. Guess what? He had a chance to win. Doesn't really matter. Not my issue, all right? He ain't done nothing. He really hasn't done nothing. Everybody going up with what he could do, okay? Yeah, he could be an all-time great talent. Guess what? He ain't done it yet. I'm not trying to hear all that. He's throwing 70 touchdowns. Guess what? And they still losing. Like, I'm not – bro, it's not turning into wins. It's like empty calories, bro. It sounds good. It looks good. He looks amazing, but it's really empty calories. Like, yeah, I don't understand what the big – the big. I mean, he's a great talent, but, like, he got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, uh – Defense that gets turnovers every so often. Granted, they can't stop nobody, but they in the AFC West going against Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr. Like, we got to cut them some slack with that, too. Regardless, they just not getting the job done. So, like, I'm glad, you know, that the, it's a stacked division, you know, seeing all them bad boys in there. But, like, it just irritates me and grinds my gears that everybody is kind of like Justin Herbert is like, oh, he's better than Josh Allen. Oh, he might be. Well, he might be better than Josh Allen. Oh, he might be better than Joe Burrow. Oh, he might be better than Lamar. Like, no, bro, he's not. You got to win games, and he's not doing it. Anyway, that was my little rant for the day. Y'all be easy. <laughs> hey, take over. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not mad at that. I, I think he has amazing potential, uh, and I, I think he's got a really solid skill set that says that, okay, he, he can make some noise in the league as a starting quarterback. But yeah, I mean, their, their defense has been at times porous. I mean, they have Khalil Mack now. That's not going to be a huge game changer per se because Khalil Mack isn't a defensive back. So they're still going to get torched in the passing game. But I think when it comes to the quarterback clock, they're opposing quarterback clocks. They're going to have a, like at least a second, second and a half less now with Khalil Mack back there. So I think he'll change the line of scrimmage uh, and, and the quarterback play, but they really need to get stronger in the secondary for them to be a, a solidified defense. But yeah, AFC West, it moved from the NFC West being the best division of football to the AFC West looks like it's going to be the best division of football. So I'm really excited to see these games. Um I'm with you on Russ. I think the move for Russ w- was, was great because the Denver Broncos ha- have had solid teams. They just couldn't get the quarterback right. And, and this was a prime opportunity. You know, I think that teams, organizations are moving towards like, we don't have time to build. We, we're just going to go for it. So as soon as the opportunity comes for us to grab somebody, we're just going to go for it. We're going to put all of our chips in. Uh, because if you're trying to do this rebuild and you keep getting it wrong, you're wasting the years of your talent that you do have on the roster. Uh, so with Russ having, you know, wideouts, having Judy and 
Uh, I, I I didn't like the fact that they had to get rid of Noah Fant either, but um, Cortland Sutton on the other side, they have a two-headed monster on um, running back um, with Gordon and uh, Williams. So there's that. And, and so, Coach Pace, you also – we talked about Kyler Murray not too long ago, and you said <laughs> that Kyler Murray is overrated. I need, to hear, I need to hear this from you. Why you- Kyler Murray is – listen – it's consistent. You know what he does? He starts off hot and he cools off. That is very consistent of what happens with Kyler Murray. And I mean, it's been happening for like the last two, two, three seasons. How long have you been in the league? Three, three seasons? At least three, yeah. Three, yeah. It's been happening for the last three seasons. Now, this whole Russ is overrated thing, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to agree with that. There's nothing you can tell me. I, I would agree with that. But it's fine. I'll let you go on your soliloquy, Coach Murph. There's not a chance. There's no chance in God. I say Aaron Rodgers. I don't even say Aaron Rodgers is overrated. I say Aaron Rodgers is a disappointment. I wouldn't say he's overrated. He's just disappointed. Russ, I can't give Russ and say he's overrated. He just, they invested too much in him. Like, and the Broncos didn't. There's only like two quarterbacks that really could like carry carry a team, and one of them is retired, <laughs> and the other one is Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, that's really it. Yeah, <laughs> carry a whole team by themselves, like. But you, you just said that they put too much faith into them, but that's what the Broncos just did. You just traded your whole future for a quarterback that can't carry your team. They got, like, a, they got a defense now. They didn't have a defense since yet. Yeah, no, that, that's what I was about to say. Granted, the team overall is better, but to keep – just like your hot take against Justin Herbert, which I completely agree with, but, you know, media just like to be first about stuff. So if he does succeed, it's just like, oh – you know, I remember back when during his rookie year, I said he was going to be the one. But then if he doesn't, it's just like nobody brings it up. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos finished third in their division. Um, it, that's even you're on you're on mute. You go. <laughs> you, okay. Yeah, it's like the NFC West last year when three teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like that's not a bad thing. It just comes down to like in the playoffs. All right, who gonna? It's one and done. So like anybody can be beaten on any given Sunday. So let's just say all three of them make it. The the Raiders don't make it because they're gonna be the eyeball out if we're being honest here. The Raiders don't make it. <laughs> right, it's whoever straps their pads on and show up that Sunday, and then we we can go about it from there. But I mean, even if they make it, I see them in the AFC. The AFC as a conference is stacked. I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos got bounced first round, even if they did make it, or like bounce in the wild card. Because <clears throat> I just think Russ is overrated. His best seasons came from when he had that defense and when the offense was predicated on the run game. But then ever since the running game left and like the defense, you just have no control of. Well, technically you deal with the contract you took. You, you know, you decided like, hey, I can do this. But whenever the let Russ cook movement came on, they just went on a, a hard decline. Like you could just clearly see from him. It's literally no different than Kyler Murray, but his is just injury based. 
they start off hot. Mid-season, they have a, a hard decline. So that's why I feel as though that it's really going to be low-key more of the same of rest with the Broncos. Also, in moving forward, because, like, I mean, I see he'll probably just end his career here or he's going to be here for an extended period of time. Now you have to think of the market. Everybody saw what the Rams did. Granted, it was a great move. So now everybody's just like, you know what? We got to do whatever we can to get a quarterback. But every team wasn't built like the Rams. Every team doesn't have a Jalen Ramsey before the playoffs. Every team doesn't have an Aaron Donald, a Cooper Cup, and doesn't have is not placed in an area like L.A. that will attract somebody like an Odell Beckham. Who wants to go to Colorado? So if you can't be there, it was it's nice. Like I was in the mountains, it was like very beautiful. But yeah, it's <laughs> I, I never been. It's a beautiful area. That's all I hear. But it's not LA. <laughs> it, like it, it's not New York. So on and so forth. So you're gonna have to do everything through the draft. So we'll we'll see. But if you can't make nothing shake with the team you got now. You just have to bang on getting great picks or, well, you can't even say trade for valuable players because you got rid of those players or you got rid of those picks. So it's like you're going to have to go, uh, you know, a few years of with the way the team is constructed and try to get people out of free agency and see. But I don't think you could really attract any game changers outside of picking up somebody in the draft that turns out to be a hit. But you do have a bunch of young players, so all we have to do is see. But that's going to also play a role in these, you know, if the division gets tight or if you make it to the playoffs, then it's just like, okay, let's see what you can do. Like, you have a bunch of unexperienced players in the playoffs. And, I mean, Russ hasn't – when Russ made it to the playoffs when he was that guy – and I can only think of once because he played Philly, but he only won by three points and Josh McCown played three of those quarters because Carson Wentz got injured in the first. And you only won, you didn't win by a whole touchdown. Against a 40-year-old quarterback that could barely move and just got thrown in last minute. So like this is, this is everything that's playing in my mind with Rutt. Um, as for Deshaun Watson, Pittsburgh would be a beautiful landing spot for him. I'm leaning more towards of him ending up in Seattle with the trade package they got from the Broncos to make a hard push for him because they don't have a QB now. And they don't have the picks. Or, well, they, I guess they have the picks so they could take somebody in the draft. But when you have Deshaun Watson, are you want to – I mean, he's 26. So you're going to make a push for him. And – you know, it, it's just want to go based off the package. And I, I can't really see anybody outbidding them. It just depends on how much they want on. Um, I live in AZ. Calamari, Kelly Murray is overrated. He needs to stop and act, stop acting like he deserved this huge contract because I'm not giving you a big contract for a half a season of play every year. So... That's good. Go ahead, Coach Nineteen on one. Get you in on some of these. What are your thoughts about some of the uh, QB carousel situations? Uh, well, I guess first, Aaron Rodgers. We all knew you were staying there the whole time. You just 
crybaby and want attention. So you got your money. Hopefully that comes with a championship, as uh, Coach K said in our group chat, but I doubt it. Uh, Russ, I think it's a good move for, for Denver. Obviously, I mean, it's an upgrade from Drew Locke, but from Russ's standpoint, he needs to get a Super Bowl. I mean, obviously it would be nice next year. I still think they need some some additional pieces to really be a Super Bowl contender, but obviously they're you know they're a playoff contender. Um, and really again from Russ's standpoint, like that whole finger thing really took me off, ticked me off last year. Cause I just I thought it was very much disingenuous. Um, and then the whole Oh, well, you know, I never said I had this list of teams. Russ, that's coming from your agent, so stop. Like, we're, we're not stupid. Stop. So if we're going to do all that, like, you got, you got what you wanted. You're in Denver, or you're out of Seattle, I should say. Um, you know, we need to see some results here. So, um, and then I do have some additional inside information on that. So um, from what I heard from my circles are, the trade actually was being discussed about you know two and two two and a half weeks ago, as far as going specifically to Denver, because I guess you know the rumor mill within the NFL, even though everybody thought Aaron Aaron Rodgers going to go to Denver, everybody knew Green Bay was about to offer this absurd contract, so they kind of just took that off the table, went to Russ, um, or focused on Russ, I should say, and then the other thing that I'm surprised hasn't gotten out yet, but maybe. They tried to keep it under wraps, but, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, Russ going to Denver, but I think they're overlooking the Sierra factor as well, because rumor has it, she's negotiating some sort of deal in Las Vegas, a residency or, you know, one of those like America's Got Talent type shows because they shoot those in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the big factor is Denver, a chartered Denver flight to Vegas is about an hour, whereas Seattle, you know, it's two hours. So it's easier for her to commute back and forth. So that's why Russ was like pretty much willing to easily waive his no trade cost for Denver. So that's what I'm hearing. So I was like, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> as far as Deshaun Watson goes, I mean, obviously the news came down, you know, today, I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh would be a great spot. Uh, I like, you know, Coach Murph's suggestion of Seattle now that that's open. But I had this sneaky suspicion he's going to end up in Carolina for some strange reason. Ooh. I just have a sneaky suspicion there. Um, Carson Wentz. <laughs> I said this in our other group chat, Coach JP3. I said, you know, trash team name and a quarterback and match. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on that. Um, and then Kyler Murray, like, bro, if you wanted to get paid, this is not how you do it. Cause you're like your erratic behavior, whether, you know, cause at the beginning people were like, oh, the organization is trying to trash him, but it's like, but now your actions are kind of giving it some validity. So why would I want to pay somebody like that? Like, would you want to pay something like that? Somebody like that, Kyler? Like, you could have just, you know, went to them privately with your agent, 
say, hey, I know we did end of the season, not where we wanted, but, you know, look at the progression. I want to stay here and kind of finish the job. No, he wants to act out. So um, it's interesting, though, because I think we talked about it a little bit, but psych, psych, I guess mentally it's interesting because in high school, you know, he only lost. Like I think he never lost in high school. And he only lost like a handful of games or maybe two, three games while he was at Oklahoma. And it's tough because now when you're starting out at a Carol or Carolina at a Arizona, you know, you, you had to take your butt whoopings. <laughs> and it, to me, it's like he's not used to dealing with adversity. And he's he's not used to necessarily, you know, being able to respond to that. So I think that's pretty much what you're seeing with him. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see where Jimmy G goes. I mean, he had the surgery, so, you know, that may kind of ward some people off. But I think, obviously, with Deshaun Watson more than likely being available, I think he's probably going to get, you know, at least a few game suspension for conduct from the league, but he'll be available. So I think that will be pretty much most teams' priority to see if they can get him first. And then if they can't get him, okay, all right, we'll look at Jimmy G and you know, I've heard, obviously, um, Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, those kind of, it'll kind of fall in line after that. So that's what, that's my thoughts. Thank you. I like it. So much drama left to unfold. We'll see what happens. More of the, more turning of the quarterback carousel underway. Because um, there's a lot of teams that can use quarterbacks. You know, we were talking, we were I was listening to some of the, you know, the sports shows and yeah, you know, I started thinking about all the teams who could use any one of those guys would be an upgrade for them. Uh, which is, I think why Washington was just like, okay, we're going to shoot our shot. It, I mean, I don't know if they, I think they, they should have just been more patient though. Yeah. They rushed to get, to get Carson. It's like, eh. I mean, I, you can, again, you can make the argument. Yeah. He's a slight upgrade or, you know, lateral move from Taylor Heineke, but it's like, it just felt a bit more knee-jerk to me, but I don't think they had to do that deal. Yeah, because you think of the landscape, so it would be, you know, Jameis, Deshaun now, you have Russ, you know, you had, um, who else? There was someone else out there I'm missing too, but yeah, um, you had all those guys, and they were like, we're going to go for Carson. <laughs> I was like, He's probably the worst out of the available quarterbacks that you could have picked. Uh, I think he's good enough to get you to a 500 record, considering the division that he's in, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what the out-of-division uh, strength of schedule looks like. I'm not, I haven't looked at that yet, but yeah. Well, I mean, Washington did look at Russ. I do, I do know that. Okay. But- Basically, Russ kind of turned because since he had a no trade clause, he basically had to kind of convince him to come. Mm. So, but <laughs> because I think the Sierra factor there, she said no to the what to the East Coast. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, and then I brought this up in our other group chat. What was interesting too, and what kind of connected the dots for me as well, there was an interview about two weeks ago him and Sierra doing an interview and, you know, I forgot who the interviewer was, but they asked Russ, you know, Hey, do you, you know, are you going to stay in Seattle? Do you like Seattle? And he kept saying, yeah, you know, I like it here. You know, I want to stay on the West coast. 
kept saying that repeatedly. And then Sierra was like looking at him like, do not mess this up. Do not say you want to go anywhere else. Like keep a status quo. Like she just gave him that look. So I was like, that's interesting. Odd. It was really odd at the time, right? <laughs> that's interesting. So the fact that Washington, knowing that Washington went after him pretty hard, but he pretty much told them no because he didn't want to be on the East Coast. He wanted to be on the West Coast. And it was either, if you look at availability, I think number one, their number one choice would have been a Los Angeles team, but they're occupied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe San Francisco, but I mean, they're not going to trade you within the division. Right. You mentioned Vegas, but I don't, after everything they went through last season, I don't think they're going to kick him to the kick their car to the curb now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Denver. And again, it's an hour chartered flight. She's like, yeah, I can make that work. <laughs> Man. Well, we're going to move from drama in the NFL to drama in the NBA. And it's so, you know, we, we added this topic here, especially after last night's debacle, if you're a Philadelphia fan um, or a Philadelphia player um, or live in the city of Philadelphia. So like, it was just a complete like disappointment for what was supposed to be this hype I wanted them to go at it for four quarters. I I think we were glued to our screens. Um, And it was, it was over before like halftime, you know, it was just kind of like, ah, we really didn't get the game that we wanted to see. Uh, And the media and fans have been very hard on Russell Westbrook. Um, First, I I just want to interject this real quick. Russell Westbrook, you know, like, like you cool, man. Like, like you, you can, you can play basketball and you do a lot of good work. You're a great, you know, husband and father, you got your clothing line and you're giving youth in the community, especially in inner city communities, an opportunity to collaborate with you. I think that's super dope. But for you to say on one end that the talk doesn't bother you and that fan stuff doesn't bother you. You literally said that. You said, oh, you don't care, but you know, you, you, know, you know, you don't care about expectations either. You know, you know. And all of a sudden you're tired of people messing up your name because they call you West Brick. But they call you West Brick because you ain't making shots. So you could change that for yourself. That's, that's, that's not at the same level as what fans have called you before when you was about to go into the stands and lay somebody out. I get that. You know, they call you something racially insensitive. Uh, they, they, they attack you personally. You know, this, this isn't even when Chris Bosh and Skip Bayless had their beef and, and Chris Bosh had to show up on first take when Skip was doing that show and say, yo, like, I'm tired of you like messing up my name. Like I'm very proud to have name. And for you to do that is disrespectful. His angle was because Skip Bayless was saying Bosh spice. It was kind of, making fun of him by comparing him to a woman like and so we do that in society and that's really messed up that we do that but because he was doing that i think okay chris Bosch, you have a better argument when someone manipulating your name but to say west brick just make the shots you'll be fine like you're talking about a city who defaced lebron james's mural in the city twice twice and that's lebron james 
You thought you was going to be like, you think you was going to like be absolved of all this? You thought you was they was going to omit you? Like it took it took them a long time to, and they're not even fully embracing LeBron James to complete, be completely honest, because they're comparing them to the other Laker greats. You're at a team now where there has been a culture of winning, and you've never been a part of a team like that before. And when that comes, there comes expectations of do you fit into the type of culture that put all those banners in the rafters of the crypto arena as it is now. The crypt, as I like crypt. to call it. Hate that name. But uh, anyways, yes. Yeah, so that, that's my little thing on Russell Westbrook. Is like, you've been right before about how fans have come at you sideways. In that situation, when they're just saying Westbrook, nah, man, nah. Make your shots. Anyway, okay, so James Harden was completely absent last night. You know, you know when you're a teacher and you're doing, you know, you're, you're going through your roster and you're supposed to say here after your name was called? James didn't say anything after his name was called. Like he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. And it really got us to thinking, who's worse during these big games? We've seen each of them have their moments of, of, of failure in big time games. But who's worse in these big games, Harden or Westbrook? Uh, and we'll go with Coach Natty T first, since this was your topic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I guess we can go big games. I think I, I'm just curious to hear from you know, from you guys, because for me, when I look at it, you know, my kind of thought process in asking this question was kind of more leaning towards their careers, because, you know, both have won an MVP. Obviously, Russ has the triple-double thing. James Harden is known as a very prolific scorer, but, you know, they both had their troubles as far as being able to close the deal on their own. But yet, I don't know about you guys, but I get like this weird like tone from, you know, how they get criticized. Whereas even now, <laughs> James Harden still gets this like benefit of the doubt for some reason. Whereas I get Russ, he, you know, it's been a, it's been a bad season. He hasn't played well, but it's like, there's this overwhelming just piling on of Russ. And again, I get it. He's on the Lakers. They're not playing well. But why doesn't James Harden get that same attention? I don't understand that. So, because to me, when you look at their careers, I mean, it's very similar. Very, very similar. So, you know, I was just curious what, you know, what you guys think, like, who's – who's the worst player, if you will, like, you know, career-wise? Because, again, I I have my thoughts, but, I, you know, I was curious what you guys think because they're, they're very similar to me. But they don't get treated similarly in a way. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll take the floor. Uh, I believe that when it comes to who the worst in, you know, high-pressure games, is James Harden. Um, <laughs> we saw from last night when, like, you forced yourself out. Katie brought his A game, and you got beat up by Kyrie Irving, who's not known for defense. You think about Russ and OK. Well, even if you think about the – if you even look at the stats in the game for 
back in OKC when they all were there, Harden underperformed. Russ, like, of course, he didn't play well, but stats-wise and, you know, like, visually, Russ played better. Russ, uh, even when he when Russ brought Paul George to OKC, he showed up. They got knocked out because PG didn't. If you look at, you know, Harden's teammate, I guess his best chance to win was with somebody like CP3. CP3 is a great playoff performer. He just gets, you know, injured. <laughs> but which um, – but – when you're the guy, you just have to show up. And I feel like he is a steep decline from his regular season play to his, you know, postseason play. Even Kobe mentioned that where he's just like, you know, you can't win games like that. And then, you know, he was just like, even Harden said, and this is the annoying part about it. He's just like, yeah, you know, I understand that, but you know, I just got to do what I got to do to get my team to the playoffs. And then you get to the playoffs and you just do the same thing. So like, well, if you know you're just choosing. So I think his stance on, uh, playing basketball is no different than Russ and no different than Kyrie. And then that's, I don't care what people say. I'm just going to go out there and do what I want to do. Russ says, you know, he doesn't care about criticism. He wins at the end of the day, uh, you know, playing in the city, wife, kids, the things he's doing as a community. So, and then he outright said that he doesn't, you know, particularly like there's no pressure like you, you really just don't care about winning. Harden shows that he really doesn't care about winning championships. He cries about how he needs assistance. You get assistance and you still underperform. Uh, and then, you know, we, we don't need to speak on Kyrie. I don't want to get, you know, Natty T all riled up again, but. Oh, no, no, no. We good. We good. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, he wants to play part-time, but assumes that he, he wants to be a winner. You go to the Celtics, you get put around a great team and you, your presence makes them underperform. So I just put them all under the same scope, but Harden is the worst. Thanks. Next question, because we are eight. Hey, Coach Murphy already said, man, hey, James Harden, it's not even close. Because I, listen, one shows up. Listen, I don't care if Russ go four for 40. Guess what? It's going to be the most noticeable four for 40 you're going to see. James Harden, he's going to have five points, and you're going to forget he on this. You're going to be like, all right, all right, they playing, playing five, four on five. So it's like, man, at that point, even if Russ has a bad game, let's just say he got 10 points, seven boards, and 14 assists, and eight turnovers. Guess what? You're still going to notice he's on the floor. And at the end of the day, man, he gonna play his heart out. James Harden. I mean, I mean, what? I I don't even, I don't even like talking about dude. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't even like talking about dude because dude's a waste of like just talent. And the way people be talking about like, like he a top five shooting guard, bro. I guess the bare minimum is is super low nowadays because if we talking talking about top five shooting guard of all time james harden is in that category i'm gonna just assume the bare minimum is just super super low when it comes to basketball players at this point so i don't 
I'll take Russ six, seven days out the week and twice on Sunday over James Harden when it comes to big game situations. Harden is like, he's like a wannabe Dennis Rodman. He wants to have that off the field stuff, but or off the court stuff, but he just doesn't want to, but he doesn't show up in game. Like, that's the difference. Like, you know, Dennis Rodman, it doesn't matter what he did off the court, and they didn't care because they knew you're going to show up. Harden, you know, like to go to strip clubs, go party with celebrities, rappers, and so on and so forth. I mean, you did it after you got spanked by the team you quit on, and you were the reason why y'all lost. Like, you were horrible. Like, me, after, like, I've never competed at that high of, of a level, not even close. Even in games that I got in and I didn't, you know, play much, but I feel like I played bad. I'm I'm upset. I'm, I'm not trying to go anywhere. I'm either trying to work on my game or I'm just going to go to the crib and work on my mental. But he acts like, like nothing happened or like they just won. So he, I mean, he clearly doesn't care. And this is also going to be one of the reasons why I wouldn't be shocked if Embiid is going to be like, yeah, we can't have this guy here. That seems to be, I know it's still early. That seems to be what's brewing though. If that, if that type of behavior continues for sure. Don't worry. They'll be out in the first round. <laughs> Second. Uh, what, what, what is their seed right now? Uh, third. third yeah. yeah, I think they're third. I mean, honestly, they're probably, they may just end up playing Brooklyn in the first round, honestly. And they That's get- what I'm hoping. Hey, if they play Brooklyn, they're out in five at best. What I was about to say at best because Ben Simmons is coming. Oh, back. yeah, because like they therefore, <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think Embiid is pissed on how the game went and what how Harden played and what he did after. But if Ben Simmons played in that game and the score was different and his perform or the score was the same, uh, Harden's performance was the same and he did what he did, Embiid would be like, we can't have him here. We can't like because Embiid, he will be like, nah, I got to show up then. And you let Ben come in here and then we lose by like 20 plus. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah. no. Nah. So, I'm, I'm sorry. Look at a couple numbers in here and just see what y'all think about this. This, this will be our, this will be a lot before we close here. Yeah, I just want to throw these out because. You all, I, I didn't know if we were all going to agree on this topic or not. And so I, I did a lot of, you know, try to do some deep dive in to see kind of how I felt because, you know, I've seen both players underachieve at certain levels of the game, right? Um, they they have their bad shooting nights. They have their bad turnover nights. So I was like, okay, let's, let's see. Let's see what was going on here. So I went to look at some of their playoff performance. I was like, let's see how they perform in the postseason overall. So I'm going to read one. One of them is uh, 23, five and a half, and six. That's five and a half rebounds. Okay. The other is 24.6, seven, and eight in the playoffs. Who's who? I want to say the the second one is Harden. I want to say the second one is Harden too. But at the same time, 
Russ just strikes me as the one that goes for more rebounds <laughs> and assists. Yeah, so but like he Harden could just casually get it because he's bigger, bigger body. And then you know when when you're missing in the in the playoffs a lot, that gives you a lot of opportunities to get bored. <laughs> Especially shooting from three, that it'll just doink right off the rim, come right back to you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Coach Natty T, which who's who? Uh man, I'm trying to think. Um uh, trying to get a good guess. Uh First one. I think the second one is I think the second one's Russ because I think yeah he would get more rebounds. The second one is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, twenty four point six points a game, seven point one rebounds, and seven point nine assists. All those numbers are more than James Harden's numbers, who's twenty three point three, five point five, and six. And James Harden has had four more games than Russ in the postseason. Okay. Now. We're going to break it down a little bit further, right? Because let's see what happens as things get tight. Let's see what happens when things get tight. I looked at the Western Conference finals statistics for a career here. And so there is 22.9, 6.1, and 4.9. James Harden's stats, his rebounding goes up, but his other stats go down. His shooting percentage goes down. His free throw percentage goes down. His three-point percentage, I think, is, I think, down by like, like just a little bit. It's not too different. But his overall shooting percentage goes down. Okay, Russell Westbrook, conference finals, 24. So he's 0.6 less. 5.9, so a little bit lower, and then he got eight even assists, right? His shooting percentage is around the same because he's not a good shooter. Like, So this is the thing. This is the context. Like, It shouldn't be expected that Russ has high percentage shooting because we know he's not a shooter. He could be a scorer at times, but he's not a shooter. So I was like, I'm not satisfied with those numbers. I'm going to go even deeper. So I'm going to go into – some of the pivotal moments that we've seen from each of these players. And what I did was I decided to go into that series, that Western Conference Finals, and look at the games that where Chris Paul was out and see how James Harden did. Doo-doo. <laughs> Doo-doo is one way to summarize it. <laughs> so, so game, what is this, game six, 10 for 24, that's 41%. Four out of 12, that's 33% from the free uh, from the three-point and a minus 19 in the plus-minus category uh, with nine turnovers, okay? That was game six. So then we're going to go like, oh, okay, you know, he had a bad game. He's going to go, we having to have another game to close it out. James about to close this out, right? Let's see what he does for us. So in that game, the elimination game, James Harden decided to go 12 for 29, took 29 shots, only made 12, that's 41%. And you thought he couldn't get worse from the three-point line? Try two from thir- two for 13. That's 15% from the three-point line. Okay, it had another five turnovers and a plus-minus of negative 13, which was the second highest on the team. Only Trevor Ariza was worse. So 
that's to give you the type of stuff that people are talking about when they say when the, when the chips come down and he needs to come through, he often fails. Now, when people look at Russ, people are like, well, what about, oh, man, that 3-1 debacle with KD on the team? How are you going to lose with KD on your team like that? What people fail to look at, and I don't have time to pull it up here, but I did look at it earlier. I want you at home to look it up. KD played just as bad as Russ did in that series, in the closeout games of that series, especially if you look at game six and seven, uh, five, six, and seven. So five, six, and seven, we're looking at that. They both did not shoot the ball well. Game seven, I put just a tad bit more on Russ because he took too many shots. He took over 30, like 30 shots that game. We don't need that from you. You can't shoot. Don't shoot the ball 30 times. KD needs to shoot the ball more times than you. But the other games, I mean, KD was shooting in the 30 percentile for those games. But that narrative got pressed solely on Russell Westbrook. So I I think that was kind of unfair to solely blame him. They both messed up. As the leaders of that team, they both messed up that series. But James Harden can't blame anybody. He has no one to point at. Like, no one. So I'm going to go with James Harden because of those type things. And I didn't even mention the San Antonio game for James Harden, fo- you know, folded there in, in the San Antonio series where there was what, no Kawhi Leonard uh, and everything like that. And they still lost. So like, that's another, that's another story. By 40. By 40. By 40. No Tony Parker, no Kawhi Leonard. You lose by 40. Unacceptable. So that, that, that's, that's my, I'm going to go with Harden as well. I'm going to go, and he's not getting that type of attention until like right now. Like you would see like a little creep up a couple of years ago and then James Harden is the best thing since sliced bread. And then he comes up now and falls again, falls short again. Oh, now they're going to talk about, you know, but they don't rust every single day. That's not fair. That's not fair. So I'm done. That was my rant. But I wanted to, I wanted to y'all to see out there that we're not just coming up with stuff. The numbers back up what we're saying here on the coach's box. So there you go. Natty T, did you have said it? No, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm very proud of you three (laughs) because I've brought this up before. And if people thought I was crazy, not y'all, but people think I'm crazy, but I brought this up before. And I'm like, trying to tell y'all. I mean, I would say Russell, I would say Russell's better too, but I don't know why we putting James Harden. I saw him the other day. It was it was yesterday. Because they're like, oh, he had a bad game. And then here's the comparison. They compared him, James Harden, to Dwayne Wade. I was like, well, you know, Dwayne get Wade. Get him, Coach. Don't get me started today, like, y'all. Don't like, get me oh, you know, James, But there, here was the premise, though. Oh, well, you know, James Harden has the regular season accolades. Dwayne doesn't have that. and But Dwayne has the postseason. Why in God's name? Are you putting James Harden and Dwayne Wade even on the same level? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. levels to this. There is there levels. Are levels to this. D Wade was I don't on give a damn level. about that MVP that he got. He is not on that level. Try a Put Finals MVP. Up. Try a Finals MVP, James. Harden. I need yeah. names and dates and times. <laughs> <laughs> I will find. I will find these people. Actually, well, you know, it was your, it was it was your boy. JP3, and you can take a wild guess. Because we, we talked about his, his family. And we're Nick shocked. Wright? Was this yes. Nick Wright? Oh, yes. my God. You know what? And he trashes James Harden. That's what I was shocking. 
But even I'm, he had this little like benefit of the doubt perspective on James. I'm like, and he doesn't like James Harden. That's why I was like, you really brought up, you really used the Dwayne Wade comp? Absolutely not. I'm going to get on him when we get off the show. Because <laughs> I got some stuff I got to say that's rated R. So y'all can't hear that. But I'm going to get on him right after the show. Don't worry. <laughs> but I'd also like to, to put into context how, when they do lose, how they lose. Like, Russ is going to give you everything he's got. Now, he may not be the overall most skilled player because I think James Harden is more skilled offensively. I think there's no debate there. But he he's going to give you everything he got in the tank. He's it may point. not be pretty. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But you'll never say, say where is Russell Westbrook? Did he play today? The way Russ plays, you would always assume that the game is close, no matter how big the margin. But Harden, if you're down – this man is just jacking up shots, assuming like, hey, I'm good at shooting three. So one of, once one fall out, get in rhythm. Like, you're a great three-point shooter, but you're not Steph Curry. But, hell, I mean, Steph Curry really doesn't show up in the, show up in the playoffs either. But, you know, case in point, you shouldn't be doing that. And then plus, I mean, if Steph <laughs> tries to find other ways to do it too, like, he'll be like, okay, I don't have a high hand. Let's get, you know, well, it's really Draymond because he runs the, the offense. But – Harden doesn't understand that he's not an alpha, but he wants to be. But when you got put with a true alpha like CP3, I mean, you see what he's doing with Devin Booker and though, like you need guidance, but you're too stubborn to do it. Just like how there was these disagreements on how to run the offense with KD and KD is like, nah, we have to do this. Cause unlike you Harden, I want to ring. Yes. It was with golden state. But I was the MVP. I saw how we played together. I saw how they played together. This is how we need to run a team. And he's like, I think the ball needs to be in my hand. And then all you got to do is like, KD should just hit him up like, hey, did you listen to the coach's box this week? He, <laughs> they'll tell you why the ball shouldn't be in your hand. <laughs> and the thing about it is like, and Emmanuel Acho uh, pointed this out on Speak for Yourself. So he, what I noticed very early too, when I was watching the game last night is that James Harden from the first quarter on was complaining at the refs every single time he got the ball. Yeah, he said he said he had more complaints than points. He did. He had more complaints than points. Every single time he got the ball, he was looking at the refs. Like, bro, first of all, like that's not a good recipe, no matter what year it is. But especially now that they're they're kind of cracking down on not calling those ticky-tack calls and everything that's the that's some of the problems I have with a few of the players in the NBA is that they look for contact instead of actually score the basketball right if you're going to attack the basket like you're not going to get the call which means you should try to make the shot but if you're flailing your arms out you can't aim at the hoop with your arms flailing out all the time, trying to draw a call. And you know they're not calling it. We've seen Trey Young not get the calls because he used to, they called an offensive foul on him one time for seeking out contact. Steph Curry the same way. You know, so you have to adapt for how the game is being played. And James still has it in his mind like, you know, I'm James Harden. They're going to call this call. They're going to blow this whistle. And when they don't, he completely disengages. Instead of actually trying to play basketball, he disengages. And there's no way on God's green earth you should get locked down by Kyrie Irving. Unacceptable. 
unacceptable. And Kyrie gave his all, and I give him credit for that. But he is not a really good defender by any stretch of the imagination. But he saw that mentally James was checking out because he used to play with him. So he knows him well. And he said, okay, if I buckle down on him, he's going to disengage in this game. And I just took it out of his game without even being a really good defender. You should not be able to be taken out of your game that easily and call yourself a super superstar. At home. Want to be a champion. At home. At home. You had every reason to win that game. Every week reason. Yeah, Kyrie was like, oh, you got problems with me too? I'm about to get busy on you. Yeah, Kyrie out here getting busy. It, he's yeah, he's got his own set of problems, but it, he he when he shows up, man, he he shows up. He they they clearly got up to your point, Coach Natty T. The Nets got up for this game in Philadelphia. I don't know where their heads were at. They seemed to be psyched out from the first quarter. As soon as because KD was like, I'm going to send a message to you early. I'm a guard, yeah. Joel Embiid, and we're going to be here all night. <laughs> and like you, you could see you could see the difference in mentality because I mean, outside of Kyrie who just came off the back of dropping 50. Mm-hmm. KD was trash that game. He was terrible. But what I think it was, I think he was looking forward to this game. Like, you know, I, he wouldn't admit that, but I'm pretty sure he's like, I'm about to go see Harden. We already know how he felt or feels about him after the whole, you know, all-star, uh, you know, game pick. So it's just like, I think he was looking so much forward to that game that you know he was off that uh during that and it just happened Kyrie went off so it worked out but as you see he came in and was just like nah, I'm about to give I'm about to give them everything they're looking for nope I was just sad I was just sad well we'll go ahead and wrap it up now we're gonna um talk in the future weeks because we got some trophies to hand out in the NBA and so we're gonna make our predictions who's gonna win the post you know the uh, after season awards uh so we're gonna do that throughout the next coming weeks here. And of course, there's going to be more NFL drama to unfold. And please, please, I, I know I renounced my fandom to Dallas, but I told Coach Natty T earlier today, the Cowboys are like my like an ex-girlfriend that I still hope does well in life, even though we're not together. Forget her, James. Getting cheated <laughs> on you. She cheated you like trash. Getting A, B is not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to end well. I can see that for your future. Anyways, that's it for us here on the Coach's Box. By half of Coach Pace, Coach Natty T, and Coach Murph. I'm Coach JP3. See y'all next week. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all. Peace.